Who's Buried in Dumbledore's Tomb? You're listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club for undertakers. Bright white flames had erupted around Dumbledore's body and the table upon which it lay. Higher and higher they rose, obscuring the body. White smoke spiraled into the air and made strange shapes. Harry thought for one heart-stopping moment that he saw a phoenix fly joyfully into the blue, but next second the fire had vanished. In its place was a white marble tomb, encasing Dumbledore's body and the table on which he had rested. I'm Heather Price-Wright. And I'm Alex Dallenberg. Can you believe it, Alex? We made it to the end of book six of the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Harry Potter and the Penultimate Prince. Prince. Book, Harry Potter and the Penultimate Installment. I just love the word penultimate. It's really satisfying, and I remember exactly when I learned what it meant, and it was when I was reading a series of unfortunate events, and one of them is called, like, the penultimate chapter or something. Anyway, it's a great word. Uh, Very good vocabulary. Congratulations. Yay. This week, we are reading... The chapter is called The Phoenix Lament and the White Tomb. In this podcast, we already spoiled everything. So, you know, we might not actually spoil anything this time around. We might. We will also curse. Breaking news. Albus Dumbledore is still dead. Yep. Didn't come back to life. No Gandalf shit here. You will also hear some adult themes. This week's adult themes are bird sounds, funeral directors, Amicable splits, open wounds, and quests on quests on quests. Alex, for the last time of Half-Blood Prince, what happened this week? In this week's chapters, Harry sits beside Dumbledore's body in grief and shock until Ginny convinces him to go to the hospital wing where everyone has gathered to post-game the events of the evening basically we get a recap in no particular order of importance the body that draco stepped over was bill who got mauled by fenrir grayback he's now bloody and disfigured and his wounds will probably never heal although it's unclear what's going to happen to him because grayback wasn't a werewolf when he bit Bill. So Bill is now Bloody Bill. The only person that died was a Death Eater who got hit by a random killing curse, which this once again brings up more questions of killing curse mechanics. It feels like your killing curse should be personalized, like directed at one person. Like, it doesn't seem like you should just be able to shoot this into the fucking air randomly. It just like glances off someone. Yeah, that doesn't seem like how it works. I, I don't, I don't know. I, whatever. It's J.K. Rowling's world. We're just living in it, uh, or temporarily imagining ourselves in it, uh, as the case may be. We learn that Draco Malfoy was able to use Peruvian instant darkness powder to slip past the members of Dumbledore's army that Harry had stationed to watch the Room of Requirement. So, man, maybe Fred and George just uh, shouldn't have been selling that shit in a joke shop. I wonder if they're now liable for this. I mean... Can the Dumbledore estate, like, sue Weasley's Wizard Wheezes for providing the weapons It's really hard for, like, like... gun makers to do that. Well, fair enough. So... (laughs) Uh, Anyway, 
Draco used the Hand of Glory to guide the Death Eaters through the castle. The Hand of Glory gives light only to the bearer, and you might remember it from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'm sorry, but the Hand of Glory absolutely sounds like a sex toy. I mean, J.K. Rowling might reveal that in a future tweet. Oh my god. Uh, we will see. Uh, <laughs> Draco was also <laughs> rolling tweets. Yeah, but it was in uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Draco was eyeing it, and Borgen said, Oh, your son has very fine taste, sir. Best friend of thieves and plunderers. And Lucius said, I hope my son will amount to something more than that. And he does and not. And here he is, using the Hand of Glory. Also, when I went, went back and read that chapter, uh, the Cursed Necklace is there, too. So. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Rolling was playing the long game. Breadcrumbs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just so many crumbs. Also, Neville and Luna were the only members of Dumbledore's army to answer the call of duty. So, bummer. But obviously. But, yeah. Fucking Ernie McMillan. Dumbledore also had extra members of the Order of the Phoenix patrolling the halls while he was out of the castle. So, shit went down. At some point, Flitwick went down to the dungeons to fetch Snape to get his help in the battle. And Hermione was posted outside Snape's office, but she didn't do anything. Flitwick went into his office, but he didn't come out. Only Snape did. Snape told Hermione and one of the other DA members that Flitwick had collapsed and that they needed to help him. Uh, Hermione didn't put two and two together and went to help Flitwick. Meanwhile, Snape went up to the astronomy tower and, you know, did his dirty deeds uh, with none of the other members of the Order doing anything to stop him because they still thought he was on their side. And that's also how Snape managed to escape. So everyone in the hospital wing, as they're recapping this, is just like, what the fuck? Snape? That seems a bit on the nose. <laughs> uh, also, everyone was like, oh yeah, Snape was totally sketchy, but we thought Dumbledore had like this figured out. So people are fucking shocked. A bunch of other loose ends get tied up. Fleur and Mr. and Mrs. Weasley burst into the hospital wing to take care of Bill. Mrs. Weasley assumes that Fleur won't want to marry Bill anymore because he's been horribly disfigured, to which... Fleur says, no, I am beautiful enough for both of us. Which and, is a baller <laughs> yeah, I know. reply. And starts tending to Bill's wounds. So Molly and Fleur make up. Family harmony is mostly restored. Percy's still out there somewhere being a fuckboy, but whatever. During this exchange, we also learn that Tonks has had a crush on, or not even a crush, like had fallen in love with ba 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 motherfucking Remus Lupin. She says, see, Remus, Fleur is still gonna marry this sort of werewolf. Like, we can be together. Remus is like, oh, I don't know, I'm too old for you. But everyone says, guys, if you're in love with each other, just get together. Dumbledore would have wanted more love to be in the world. Dumbledore and this goddamn love thing. <laughs> If we all love each other, the world will be a better place. Minerva McGonagall is now 
acting headmistress of Hogwarts, she summons the rest of the staff and they debate whether or not to close the school. Eventually they decide to consult the governors. Uh, it's very bureaucratic. Uh, the Hogwarts Board of Governors. Hagrid votes for staying at the school. He's like, if even one student's here, I'll teach him. So, tears. Cry now, cry later. Also, Dumbledore has appeared in his painting. Another sign that he's really gone for good. But he's sleeping in the painting. That's nice. He's having a nap. Mm-hmm. Dying is exhausting. McGonagall and the staff also decide to let the students stay for Dumbledore's impending funeral. While all of this is going on, a phoenix song fills their heart, easing a little bit of their grief. Fox the Phoenix is gliding over the school grounds, but then eventually the song fades and Harry realizes that Fox is gone from the school, and so is Dumbledore. Dang, dude. I know. Moving along, the weather is really nice, which Harry sort of feels is taunting him, but... But you know that. Yeah, yeah, when I know something that feeling. fucking terrible has happened to you and it's beautiful outside and you're like... God, like, I don't know. Never this mind, would be so a really nice. This would be a really nice day, but but everything is, is horrible. Yeah, I remember feeling like that. The saddest I got when I, I was getting over a breakup or something. It was Christmas time, and I was just like, Christmas is so goddamn nice, and I can't believe I can't be happy for it. And I was so mad. I totally understand that feeling of you're so pissed because something really nice is going on. Yeah, it's and a you bummer. Can't enjoy it. <sighs> Because grief. It turns out that aside from being horribly scarred, Bill Weasley is fine. He just really likes rare meat now. <laughs> Which Fleur says is a good thing because the English overcook their meat. So Which is true. Fleur out here with the burns. More like the sears. The sears. <laughs> just lightly seared. Hermione starts hitting the library trying to find out what R-A-B means, the initials scrawled on the note inside the fake Horcrux. Uh, turns out it means read another book. <laughs> Sincerely read another book. <laughs> R-A-F-B, if you will. Uh, oh, that was very funny to me. She also tells Harry that Eileen Prince one of the people she suspected of being the Half-Blood Prince was actually Severus Snape's mom, who married a muggle to Bias Prince, which is why Snape called himself the Half-Blood Prince. So Hermione says to Harry, so I was kind of, I was kind of right, right? Like, told you so. And Harry's like, this is yeah, bad timing. Bad, bad timing, bad timing. This is not helpful, Hermione. But he does remark on the fact that this makes Snape very similar to Lord Voldemort. And Harry also acknowledges that in his own weird way, he trusted Snape too, because he didn't take note of the red flags inside the Half-Blood Prince's textbook. So, bummer. Pretty much everybody in the wizarding world shows up for Dumbledore's funeral. Tom the barman is there, Mrs. Fig, Ernie from the night bus. The funeral is funereal. The mermaids sing a farewell dirge. Is it a dirge? It's sort of like haunting. The centaurs give a final salute from across the lake. They fire off all their arrows. Some fucking random minister is presiding and he talks about how awesome Dumbledore was and says, but here's the thing you need to know, everybody. No one's ever mentioned this, but Dumbledore was intensely sexual. 
<laughs> oh my and he God. super fucked Gellert Grindelwald. And everyone's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> this is a super inappropriate revelation that nobody really needed. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But that did happen on Twitter this week. Uh, <laughs> courtesy of our beloved author. Hagrid carries Dumbledore's body in. Harry realizes that no one is left standing between him and Lovo. At some point, flames erupt around Dumbledore's body and replaces it with a and are replaced with a tomb, a white tomb, which pretty intense. Harry breaks up with Ginny because he says Voldemort, no one in my life is safe. Voldemort uses people's loved ones to get to them. It's like a very like Peter Parker like speech. That is very Peter Parker. I know. It's yes. Like, no one in Spider-Man's life is safe. Ginny is pretty understanding. Actually, she's almost like very Spartan woman. She's like, come back with your shield or on it or whatever. <laughs> Which is a joke I know I've made in this podcast before at some other time. But Really? I've never heard it. I'm pretty it. sure I have. I don't think so. Oh, I did it in a relationship with, uh, oh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I don't know what the wizard equivalent would be. Come back with your broom or laying beside it. Whatever. Ginny's like, all right, that sucks. Also, Scrimgeour tries to get more information about Dumbledore from Harry again, and that goes about as well as it did the first time. Harry tells Ron and Hermione that he's not going back to school next year because he's going to go take the fight to Lovo. Maybe he'll go to Godric's Hollow first, He's uh, where his parents are from. Ron is like, dude, you've got to come to my brother's wedding first. So Harry says, okay, first the wedding, then fight Lovo. Because, you know, you got to go to the wedding. Priorities. Yeah. You've already RSVP'd, buddy. Mm-hmm. They fucking paid for your fish or steak. <laughs> so despite the path that's ahead of him, Harry thinks to himself that he's grateful for one last golden day of peace with Hermione and Ron. Which isn't even going to happen for him. The wedding gets fucked up. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Wow. So, not even, Harry. Good luck. All right. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but that is what happened in this week's chapters. Rounding out Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. All right. Obviously, lots of incredibly serious and important things have happened over the course of the last few chapters. But we should talk about the romances. So many. We have a lot of kind of rounding out of romantic plot lines here. So I think we should just kind of... Some of which we didn't even realize were going on. Yeah, so I think we could should just kind of hit them all quickly and see what we think. Ginny, listen. He said very quietly as the buzz of conversation grew louder around them and people began to get to their feet. I can't be involved with you anymore. We've got to stop seeing each other. We can't be together. She said with an oddly twisted smile. It's for some stupid, noble reason, isn't it? It's been like, like something out of someone else's life these last few weeks with you, said Harry. But I can't. We can't. I've got things to do alone now. She did not cry. She simply looked at him. Voldemort uses people his enemies are close to. He's already used you as bait once, and that was just because you're my best friend's sister. Think how much danger you'll be in if we keep this up. He'll know. He'll find out. He'll try and get to me through you. What if I don't care? said Ginny fiercely. I care, said Harry. 
How do you think I'd feel if this was your funeral and it was my fault? Starting with Harry and Ginny, he does this dumb fucking noble thing. Does he really have to? I don't know. Lovo already knows all of the people that Harry loves. It's not actually protecting Ginny. Yeah, uh, Lovo's not gonna, like, check to see, like, oh, is their status official? Oh, it's not? Oh, I guess I don't have to kill Ginny Weasley anymore? He, like, goes on Facebook, and it says it's complicated. And, and he's, he's like, like, all right. I guess I won't bother. They must be no. sort of having problems. Lovo's gonna come kill everybody. Also, in that case, wouldn't you be more likely to dump Ron and Hermione as friends? Like, isn't Lovo just as likely to come for them? Yeah, but they're, like, in it too deep at this point, I guess. And he has instructions from Dumbledore that they're the two that he needs to keep right close with him. But I get why Rowling does this, I guess, because if you had the four of them go on their dark Horcrux camping quest, that's just a little crowded, and it, like, messes up the, like golden trio dynamic yeah there isn't really room for Ginny and the plot but then why did he why did she give him this girlfriend i guess to up the stakes so that harry doesn't just become totally nihilistic and thinks to himself oh well i can just die like fighting lord voldemort now there's like other stuff in the world for him but then he dumps her not that he wants to I don't know. This doesn't even feel like an official dumping to me. They're not broken up. No. Jenny's like, okay, chill, go see Voldemort, and then we'll figure it out. They're not a non-couple. Right. They're, so on, the a, fact that they're on a break. The fact that he's made it sort of officially unofficial is just not going to stop Voldemort from murdering yeah, her. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Harry's trying to accomplish It here. also bothers me because he doesn't really give Ginny any agency here. No. Which is the same thing that bugs me about Spider-Man. Because Mary Jane might be like, I'm chill, actually. You don't super have to worry about me. If he comes for me, he comes for me. Well, they eventually, Spider-Man and Mary Jane work it out. That's true. They get so on the do same Harry page. and Ginny. Yeah. Harry and Ginny marry each other and have lots of babies. Mm-hmm. So clearly they're not really broken up here. Yeah. This is fine. I do think the main reason is because it would just sort of make the plot of Deathly Hallows irritating because we just it's true we don't want Ginny there I mean Hermione goes all the way with the people she's trying to protect she's like hey mom and dad hi uh you're obliviated you have no memory of me I'm sending you to Australia I never existed yeah I'm looking forward to that episode because what the actual <laughs> fuck Hermione sacrifices the most by far so I mean if Harry wanted to do that he could have that's true. But he just sort of, I, whatever. This is what it is. Like, it's, I can't even be that sad because I'm like, okay, well, they're clearly going to get back together if Harry survives what happens in book seven. It's a silly technicality. It barely matters, but it's also kind of annoying. So yeah. fine. I mean, she doesn't even seem to be taking it that seriously. Yeah. She even kind of lightly makes fun of him for being noble. She's like, oh, I guess you're doing it for some like cool guy reason. And he's like, actually, I am. <laughs> So cool guy. Uh, he should have been like, baby, I might go, I might die at the hands of Lord Voldemort. This could be our last night on earth together. Oh, they absolutely should bone here. But 
People only bone later on in tweets. Yeah, we're going to have to wait for the tweet <laughs> where J.K. Rowling says uh, they only got to third base that night because Harry had some like performance, performance anxiety. issues because oh, of all the bad things buddy. that have happened to him. I don't know. But then they got some herbs from Professor Sprout. And if J.K. Rowling is filling us in on the sex lives of her characters, can she please explain Filch and Mrs. Norris? Of At some point, all the ships has she done that in all the harbors in all the land? The one ship I want investigated I is the cat wife. I don't know. Did he fuck that cat? That's all we want. As know. a person, I think not as a cat. Not as a cat, or he became a cat, or he became a cat. Oh, maybe he's like a tomcat. Okay, seriously, J.K. Rowling, if you're listening, I super know you're not. The only sex life I want is Filch and Mrs. Norris. I want to know everything. I want to know all their freaky cat play. Because Filch could get, like, Polyjuice Potion. Yeah, but you can't... You just have someone make it for him. And he could become a cat. I don't think you're supposed to... Remember, you don't actually turn into an animal. Oh, yeah. It's not for animal transformations. Hermione got her face all fucked up. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway. Moving on. Clearly, that tweet just fucked my whole week. So, what are you going to do? Well, (laughs) It did make Twitter fairly hysterical. Are Ron and Hermione dating now? They're sort of... Uh, they're like snuggling. Canoodling. Yeah. Harry's funeral. like, God, okay. Yeah, fine. Uh, their status is still... Weird. Weird. But Voldemort don't care. He's going to kill them both. Yeah. Voldemort does not care. What your status is. He does not... He's like, I don't want to put a definition on this. I just uh, want to murder yeah. you. Anyway. All right. So yeah, that that's a thing. But they don't really like consummate anything until the end of the next book. I thought they'd make out in the tent. At the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh, they don't kiss until the Battle of Hogwarts? Yeah. I thought they made out hard in the tent. No. Their oh, first... Ron has like a fantasy about Harry and Hermione making out hard. Yeah, that's so who makes we, out in the movie. Wait for, wait for that. Yuck. <laughs> Not yuck. Maybe yuck. Yuck that it's a fantasy about his best friend and his girlfriend no it's Voldemort getting in his head it's the horcrux it's still yucky like giving him a vision of his worst fear that's a weird worst fear well your best friend and your other best friend being happy together maybe it's not no but it's like it's different than that I know we'll have to wait for that moment we'll get there Bill and Fleur she's rad obviously we've known this all along everybody is massively underestimating Fleur and when she's like I'm hot enough for both of us I cheered out loud. That's a good line. She's like, it's fine. He doesn't need to be hot. Have you seen me? He kind of looks like Mad-Eye Moody now, but with both eyes. I don't know. Grizzled can be Kind of sexy. Yeah. I mean, he's still... Fleur is going to be into it. Yeah. He's still tall and buff, and he just has a scar. What's wrong with that? Now he's just kind of wolfy, which, I mean, could lend itself to... uh... J.K. Rowling could tweet about that, too. The fucking Phantom of the Opera is hot. Like, Bill's fine. (laughs) There's that great scene in Parks and Rec where she's filling out her dating profile and she describes, she's like, my perfect man is dark and mysterious and he plays the organ and Anne goes, you just described the phantom (laughs) of the opera. Now I'm just recanting Parks and Rec plots, but I think that part's hilarious. Um, It's nice that she makes up with Mrs. Weasley. Mrs. Weasley should have gotten a grip months ago but whatever Ginny still doesn't like Fleur that's fine whatever they're just not they're, they're not, not much compatible in yeah 
They actually have a shit ton in common, and it's ridiculous that Ginny doesn't like Fleur. They're both competitive hard asses <laughs> who yeah, but that like make boys' lives terrible by being super hot and fun. That doesn't always mix, though. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the yeah thing. repeat that to yourself. <laughs> like, no, that's what I'm saying. They have a shit ton in common. They just okay. have the kinds of stuff in common that can cause conflict rather than sort of like shared interests. Alas, but they're both athletic and competitive and sharp and hot so yeah they're mortal enemies (laughs) Um, (laughs) and finally tonks and lupin tonks and lupin you see said a strained voice tonks was glaring at lupin she still wants to marry him even though he's been bitten she doesn't care it's different said lupin barely moving his lips and looking suddenly tense Bill will not be a full werewolf. The cases are completely... But I don't care, Ivor. I don't care, said Tonks, seizing the front of Lupin's robes and shaking them. I've told you a million times. And the meaning of Tonks's Patronus and her mouse-colored hair, and the reason she had come running to find Dumbledore when she had heard a rumor someone had been attacked by Greyback, all suddenly became clear to Harry. It had not been serious that Tonks had fallen in love with, after all. And I've told you a million times, said Lupin, refusing to meet her eyes, staring at the floor, that I am too old for you, too poor, too dangerous. This makes me furious. This sucks so much, and it's so dumb. And this might be what people finally come at us hard for, because I know this is a fairly popular ship, mostly because Teddy is a fairly popular sort of weird non-character. He's not in the books. I know, but he's... The eventual product of this union. But he's really big on kind of... He's really big on Tumblr... fan art. Fan art art Mm -hmm. shit. Because he's tragic. Right. Perfect dead parents. I mean, basically, J.K. Rowling gets these two together just to make a new orphan. We know this because she's talked about how she was going to kill Arthur, but then that was too cold-blooded for her, so... But she wanted another set of parents to die to show the stakes of this war, so she's, like, playing with all her tragedy chess pieces and thinking, oh, well, these two haven't been paired off. I guess I'll put them together and then kill them, orphaning their child. This match... The only world in which this match makes sense is the world in which they are co-beards. These are two queer characters. They're coded very... Yeah, they're both coded queer, I would say. Especially Lupin with the fact that he's a werewolf, which is sort of a thinly veiled, like, analogy for HIV and, you know, the social stigma he faces. And is he he's, he's coded... He's closeted yeah he's a closeted character snape outs him right so much about his arc is really really heavily subtexted as the arc of a gay character this is this is a no-brainer and tonks her ability to change her appearance hints at some sort of non-binary androgynous very sort of non-conformist gender queer or gender neutral right and and, and she's like it's far less for her character than lupin's but you know you could read that into it i just think also it's really frustrating for me that tonks is the 
only female Auror. She's the only kind of non-parent female member of the Order of the Phoenix. And her main plotline has to be unrequited love with a clearly gay man. Do something else with Tonks. Do something else with Tonks and Lupin. Tonks and Lupin are a fascinating pairing as friends, as comrades, as whatever. But this romance is completely, totally unbelievable to me. I I mean... I don't find it, like, totally unbelievable, I guess. you know, They, they have like, no chemistry. There is no work. scene in which there is chemistry between them. Well, there's hardly any scenes of them together. Exactly. We have, we have Tonks kind of moping around, and that's why her hair turns brown instead of pink, because she's sad about Lupin. Honestly? Her Patronus becomes a werewolf, but we never... We never see them, like, together. But the way these characters are written, honestly, Tonks has... It makes more sense to me that Tonks would be in love with Sirius. There is more interest in the few scenes written between Tonks and Sirius than Tonks and Lupin. Or Harry, frankly. I mean, ew, but yeah. Yeah, She's not that much older than him. Yeah, that's fair. When he's of age. I mean, have an affair with Arthur Weasley. Fuck. I don't care. Lupin does not make, like, Tonks and Lupin make no sense to me. And I just, this is such a weird, shoehorned, unnecessary, irritating, distracting couple. It's a, and like, I don't, how much does it accomplish narratively? Because we have, there's multiple scenes where there's clearly something up with Tonks. And what could it be? Does it have something to do with the main mystery? No, it doesn't, it turns out. She's just mooning after a werewolf. After Mooney. Which, it's not that there's anything unattractive or unlovable about Lupin, but I just, we need non-straight representation in these books so desperately. Lupin is such an obvious choice for that representation because she has used, I mean, she's like abusing all of these tropes of a non-straight character and writing them into Lupin's character without actually giving people the opportunity to see their orientation reflected in these books. Right. Which is why... Like, he's, like, secret werewolf gay guy, but, like, we're not actually going to give you an openly or, like, a coming-out story of an actual gay character. Which is why it infuriates people when Rowling gets on Twitter and says, oh, yeah, Dumbledore just... Pounded Love to fucking sleep with dudes like night and day. It's like you didn't it's like, give us this. Okay, like you, you can't just retcon this into it, you know? It's not like brave after you've made like stacks and stacks from these books. It would have been really bold to Oh, if Dumbledore and or Lupin to put that were to like make that an explicit element if that was of these books part when of they the were plot, published. Yeah. That would have been rad. But instead she steals all these tropes from gay literature, pastiches them together on a werewolf, and doesn't give us any real representation. And he falls in love with fucking Tonks, who's fine, but a lady. Regardless, okay, if we completely take off the table the theory that Lupin reads as a gay man, it's still a dumb pairing. There's still nothing particularly compelling about these two together. I just don't think we know enough about them for this to be spicy at all. It's just to make an orphan. Lupin also doesn't seem that into the idea of being with Tonks. No. In this scene. No. He kind of caves to social pressure. 
Yeah. Because Everyone's he, like, oh, it would be so nice if you got together. And, and he's like, yeah, whatever. All right, fine. <laughs> so sure, I mean, like, let's do this. Everybody's maybe, fucking sad. Yeah. <laughs> when they tell him, oh, it's what Dumbledore would have wanted. And he's uh, like, ugh, God, so manipulative, but whatever. <laughs> no, he doesn't seem that into it. And then we're supposed to believe in the next book that they've forged this incredibly deep parental love and obviously they love their kids but they die holding hands it's just it's just swill this is just a silly relationship and i i don't think it adds anything to this book and these long arcs i guess some creators feel the temptation to just pair everyone off pair up lupin and sirius well sirius is dead right that would give lupin another reason to be a sort of tragic figure i don't know i mean maybe she'd write it differently if she were writing it today although these books weren't written that long ago they were written recently enough that it would have been more than acceptable to write an openly gay character it still would have been pretty groundbreaking i know but these were it was about fucking witchcraft that's true like homosexuality would not have been the most shocking thing in these books (laughs) there's a lot of death And really beloved characters get their shit wrecked. Dobby dies. There's slavery in these books. Yeah. Like, there's way worse choices. There are actual adult themes. Besides our joke adult themes. And there's things that are... She writes about things that are morally repugnant. And she's too afraid to write about something as completely normal and lovely as just a gay person. I do think quote-unquote mainstream attitudes have changed dramatically even within the last decade. So I can't speak to the politics of youth publishing circa 2007, but... I mean, sure, maybe this would have been hard. And I I don't even really care, like... I mean, I don't want to make excuses for her, but... And whatever, maybe Lupin's not gay. I, Regardless of that, I don't think Lupin and Tonks are a worthwhile couple to even write about. It'd be more honest coming from Rowling if instead of saying, oh, all these characters were secret gays, if she talked about why she felt she couldn't write them as such in the moment. Yeah, she's just, there's so much denial around the, you know, the like self-censoring. She she tiptoes around it and says, well, that's like not really what's interesting to me in the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald or or whatever, but like... Clearly what's interesting to you in the relationship between Ron and Hermione. Yeah. Who are deeply ill-suited to one another. So, I mean, it would just... But they're a boy and a girl and they're friends, so I guess they're fucking. It'd it'd just be nice to hear, yeah, just a more honest explanation of why she felt like she couldn't write gay characters. These books are just so aggressively heteronormative. You know, and I mean, I think people would respect, like... An honest reckoning with that. I agree. You know? Yeah, I agree. Because, like, there's the potential to express, to be reflective and nuanced about those choices, but she's not it's just doing sort that. of like lacking to make it glib, but whatever. I did not think we were going to get into a huge conversation about other tweets, but this was a good, a good excuse. To me, it's really unfair to use all of this coding around deeply hurtful, painful, unfair, and unkind experiences that real people have because of their sexuality or orientation or gender identity, strip them of their sort of socio-cultural meaning, shroud Lupin's like monster phasing 
in very thinly veiled versions of those tropes and then refuse to let him live the sort of lovely part of that life uh like sort of post coming out Lupin has a werewolf outing story and the fact that you're you it's just (laughs) well Lupin can never actually embrace that part of his identity because it continues to be depicted as monstrous and shameful right so but I mean don't you you, can't really give him you can't really give Lupin that grace but don't you just think she uses all the tropes oh yeah steals them from people for whom representation is vitally important and then fucks those people over in terms of representation. It, it bothers me. It really, really bothers me. And I, whatever, I'm a heterosexual person, so it doesn't hurt me in the way it would hurt me if it was a lack of representation of my own identity. But it pisses me off that she does it this way. You know, just ugh, it's really annoying. That fucking tweet. So sort of hilarious slash disturbing that Harry's Harry kind of runs in as like Snape killed Dumbledore and everyone was like yeah we didn't trust Snape at all we don't really know what Dumbledore was going on about clearly he was an idiot Snape was a shady motherfucker from day one (laughs) nobody ever trusted Snape ever maybe this is all with this is like hindsight is 2020 everyone's like oh all right well that makes sense you know people are experiencing like confirmation bias now well sure but i just it's telling that no one's everyone's kind of shocked but not surprised right but my bigger concern here is doesn't this sort of fundamentally shatter everyone's faith in dumbledore's judgment forever yeah i was sort of wondering that i mean okay so it's a testament to snape's skill because if he had saved the day they everyone would have easily just been like, oh yeah, that makes total sense too. Because yeah, he's a total shape Dumbledore always stuck with Snape. So, you know, he's like, it's actually a sign of what a good spy he is that he was like, I don't know. Snape is like so many layers undercover that I don't even know what kind of agent to call him at yeah. this point. But, um. Yeah, like an infinity agent. Yeah. He is the perfect man with two faces. Double O Severus. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I, I I was wondering the same thing um, you just brought up. It feels like this plan Dumbledore and Snape have come up with has the potential to spiral wildly out of control because this is a gut punch to the Order of the Phoenix. How do you recover from something like this? McGonagall talks about shutting the school down because it's so shameful that another faculty member murdered the headmaster in cold blood. And why would you kind of, why would you stick with any other like plans Dumbledore's left behind? If you like, if you think he fucked up something so royally as putting all his trust in the guy that murdered him. That's the thing too, is all of them sort of agree that Dumbledore believed in Snape more than he believed in almost anything else. Yeah. Like, he was more confident in his ability to trust Snape, kind of than in his ability to trust himself. Right. It was his one unshakable, unflappable belief. And he was dead wrong, as far as anyone can tell. Yeah. Ha-ha, so, dead wrong. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> so Scrimgeour goes to Harry 
and tries to convince him to back the ministry. Obviously, Harry doesn't because he is still, he says, Dumbledore's man. But you could see a universe where Harry says, oh, well, what the fuck did Dumbledore know about anything? Right. I should get with the ministry. I shouldn't follow the roadmap Dumbledore has, let, has left me. He was wrong about the most fundamental thing. Well, also, let's think about the last 24 hours of Harry's life. They go on this cockamamie adventure to this death cave to get a fake Horcrux that Dumbledore believes is real. He picks it up. He puts it in his pocket. He's like, God damn it. We got a Horcrux. Comes back. Snape kills him. Harry's like, wow, Dumbledore doesn't know anything. Yeah. Turns out he was kind of a doddering old fool. Good thing Harry doesn't think too deeply sometimes. (laughs) He trusts Dumbledore the same amount Dumbledore trusts Snape, which I don't know. Is it foolish? I guess in Dumbledore's case, it genuinely isn't foolish, but it certainly is going to appear so until the very end of the next book. The other thing is, so the only two people in this whole schema that actually matter are Harry and Snape. Mm -hmm. Honestly, God bless them, but the rest of the Order of the Phoenix could die. And the kind of essential facts of the plot would remain in terms of who kills Voldemort and how. But what if Harry kills Snape? Yeah, which he super could have tried to do. And deeply wants to now. I mean, he didn't try to cast Avada Kedavra, right? He just tried to use Crucio on Snape but to ca- apprehend him. in these chapters, he basically says, I'm going to go hunt Voldemort. And if I find Snape along the way, well, good luck, Snape. Right. Harry has every intention of murdering Snape if he can find him, which is going to fuck everything up. I guess Dumbledore just trusts that Snape is such a badass that he can protect himself from Harry fucking Potter, which is kind of rich because Dumbledore is also banking on Harry Potter to kill Voldemort. So Dumbledore, I don't know, does that just say Dumbledore has mad respect for Snape if he thinks Harry has a better chance of killing Voldemort than killing Severus Snape? Uh, I don't know. It makes Snape actually a pretty frustrating character because Snape makes one ultimate mistake and then zero mistakes for the rest of his life. He does all of this perfectly in a way that's irritating and not very believable. Oh, in terms of executing this plan? He makes the mistake of basically getting Lily killed. Biggest mistake a human can make. Kill the love of your life. Sucks. And then Dumbledore's like, okay, here's how you atone for it. And then he's perfect. And that's bizarre and not very believable. Hmm. He never slips. Snape's control of the situation is sort of thrilling, but also not that realistic. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe Dumbledore just should have said, I got a job for you, Snape. Destroy these Horcruxes, please. Why isn't Snape doing all of this? Snape is so much better at this shit than Harry Potter. You're really good at magic and the dark arts. God bless Harry and his, like, fun quest. But Snape has just as much of a reason to want to destroy Voldemort. And he's way better at it. Yeah. Snape would be a much better choice. Dumbledore, for reasons of magical metaphysics and like fate and destiny and all that bullshit. I guess Snape doesn't have the like love amulet. Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe that's what Harry has that Snape doesn't. That's what Dumbledore would say. But Dumbledore's full of shit, as we've learned. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't have the protection of love. Just, um... Hate. Oh, and a super weird obsession with... Lily Potter. Yeah, anyway. And a sort of bat-like demeanor. (laughs) Just a quick additional query about the death of 
Albus Dumbledore. Where the fuck did this portrait come from? Yeah, I was always under the impression that you had to have them commissioned or painted by someone magical, but it seems like it just sort of materialized after he died, the portrait of Dumbledore. Maybe he had it done before, and then it's Maybe like, he did it himself. That would be awesome. You paint your own death portrait? You know? I don't, I don't know. I like the idea of someone painting it. I like I do the too. idea of, like, creation, and, like, the act of creation kind of imbues it with a person's observed... I don't know, it, like, doesn't take a piece of their soul because it's not a fucking horcrux, but, like... Or is it? It embodies, like, some of the essence of that person. I don't know, because that says, like, that to me would say interesting things about, like, the nature of art, but it seems like this just sort of materialized in Dumbledore, now McGonagall's office. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That's just a question I had. Yeah, I'm, there's probably fucking Pottermore article about this. Not so. reading that. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this funeral. It's wild that Harry has never been to a funeral before. So many people have died. That, li- that yeah, there's a line that says Harry has never had never been to a funeral, so he wondered what it would be like. And it also says they didn't have a funeral for Sirius. You know, wizards apparently have never heard of a memorial service. You don't have to have a physical body to yeah, have I know. some kind of remembrance I, of a dead person. Like they just. They were like, oh shit, Sirius is dead. Yeah, he fell Moving through that on. fucking arch, so I guess there's so nothing guess there's we can nothing do we about can it. Do. No yeah. way to remember that guy. He's just poof. Yeah. You didn't want to have some kind of, I don't know, seance or some shit? No Any wonder kind of Harry's struggling. He has no way. There's like no closure on well, any of this. Also, wasn't there a funeral for, wasn't there a funeral for Cedric? Why would Harry not go to Cedric's Maybe funeral? it was just a private memorial. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just enough Or maybe Harry have... understandably was not invited by the Diggories. Well, that's fair. But it's, first of all, it's not really Harry's fault. But enough people have eaten it in the life of Harry Potter that it's pretty shocking that he's never been to a funeral. Yeah. I guess so far the body count is just... Cedric and Sirius. Well, and there was never a funeral for his parents either. Right. Well, that we know that we know of. Well, that he would have been included in, which is also really sad. Right. So, wizards not awesome at observing the ritual of death, yeah. actually. Also, this funeral is weird as fuck. So, let's talk about that. <laughs> All your faves are here. Every fave. Everyone shows up. Hagrid and Madame Maxime are apparently still together. That's nice. Yeah. They're just long distance. So she's there. That's cool. It's fucked up that Umbridge is there. I don't Uh, like that. uh, I do, but it does show the Ministry's total incapability of of dealing with Voldemort, right? It just, I mean, we've kind of discussed this already. Well. You know, it, it just kind of, it underlines their moral bankruptcy. Not to make it too American contemporary political, but it's like, yeah, what if you're a kind of fusty, but ultimately reasonable wing of a kind of fusty government, and you have truly out of control, lunatic, racist monsters in your midst, and you're like, yeah, okay, I guess you're part of it. (laughs) <laughs> and the racists are part of it. <laughs> Some David S. Pumpkins for you. So yeah, the ministry just has no way of cleaning house, apparently. And they just are kind of like, I guess we have to be 
allied with Dolores Umbridge, even though she's the worst because she's like here. They should be able to get rid of her. Yeah. And they just haven't because again, they are not good at making choices about when people aren't express Death Eaters but are pretty Death Eater adjacent. They haven't gotten good at being like, bye. Which, you know, is going to fuck them over because Umbridge is one of the continuations into the new yeah, thickness. She, re- is it thick? Yeah, What's thick, his name? Pious thickness. Into the new thickness regime. Yeah. Uh, She's a Death Eater. Mm-hmm. Or... Well, by convenience. Yeah. Scrimgeour, he likes lackeys, clearly. Oh, yeah. Scrimgeour is a real disappointment because... He has the same, like, weakness as Fudge, just, like, in a different You know what's the most annoying about that? I wouldn't care, but he's played by Bill Nighy, so it makes me want Scrimgeour to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just because Bill Nighy's so fucking cool, and I'm like, damn it, your character is not living up to this badass British actor who I associate with you. That's actually one of the weirdly few characters that I strongly associate with the actor who plays him in the movies. Mm. So yeah, Scrimgeour has all of the same weaknesses as Fudge. He's just a little less dithering. Yeah, he's like... He's more decisive. Maybe it's not all the same weaknesses. But a lot of the fundamental ones. Yeah, the vices they have are the same. So somehow fucking Dolores Umbridge gets to go to Albus Dumbledore's funeral. That's unreasonable. I love the merpeople and centaurs. Yeah, it's a nice moment. It's a... First of all, it's really beautifully written, especially when the merpeople kind of rise to the surface. And Harry has that flash where he's reminded of the Inferi because, to remind you all, Harry's horribly traumatized in this moment. But it reminds us that Dumbledore is this sort of node within the wizarding world to kind of all magical beings. He's this like connective fiber that speaks Mermish and made sort of peace with the centaurs and has connections to all of these other communities. He's like, he really is a community builder. Mm -hmm. And he's bringing together a lot of parties that would have no reason to be near one another to mourn him. And I think you can tell that the Mer people and the centaurs really are mourning. Yeah, I think that's cool. And that characters like Mrs. Fig and Ernie from the night bus are there. So you just have this sense that they all have this like off-page relationship with Dumbledore. They probably all have some kind of interesting story to tell. And there's this really nice line where Harry remembers Dumbledore speaking in Mermish to the Mer people, and he thinks to himself, oh, I never asked him how he learned how to speak Mermish. And I don't know, it's just sort of a poignant realization that there's just so much to know about any one person, and you'll never have a chance to ask all those questions. She carries this theme nicely over into the next book because so much of it is an exploration of everything unknown about Albus Dumbledore and the sort of complicated tapestry of his life. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a nice moment where she plants the seed of Harry deepening his knowledge and his relationship with Dumbledore in a lot of ways after Dumbledore's death and sort of coming into this relationship of much closer to equals Mm -hmm. now that he can sort of relate to like the whole man because he's not kind of blinded by this initial very young loyalty. Yeah. So I do think this is like paving the way for that relationship to change for a lot of the wizarding world. Because I mean that's one of the things that the death of a really important figure does is it fundamentally changes the world's relationship with that person. Yeah. You become 
you know, your legacy really matters. And Dumbledore's legacy gets pretty beautifully sort of convoluted and complicated. And Hagrid is a goddamn gem. Hagrid is sort of the chorus figure here because all of the emotions of the entire scene are just kind of pinpointed in Hagrid's expression of emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's crying for all of us. Yeah. He's doing, and he's doing that very kind of, this is a, a death ritual. He's doing that very performative, cathartic, group crying thing, but just like by himself. Yeah, he's like beating his breasts. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. He's like one of those like professional mourners. He's not afraid to emote. That's uh No, I love that about yeah, him. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing about Hagrid. Uh yeah. A little bit of non-toxic non-toxicity there. I agree. Although often he's emoting under a strong spirit influence. That's true, but doesn't seem like that's the case. No, he's here. not drunk. Definitely. <laughs> he's often drunk crying. Is all <laughs> I'm saying. That's at the wake. But the fact that he is the one chosen to carry Dumbledore's body is again this really beautiful gesture toward the ways in which Dumbledore made connections because they didn't choose someone, they didn't choose a dignitary. Right. They didn't choose somebody important in kind of the conventional sense of the word. They chose somebody whose love for Dumbledore was just pure as shit and who would value the opportunity to say goodbye like that kind of above anyone else. It's a really beautiful choice. Yeah. Okay. But... Who is presiding over this funeral? Yeah, who the fuck is this minister? It's just, it's like, is he a minister? Like, what is this wizard who's, I guess, the MC officiant death DJ? Like, what would you, what would you call this guy? And why is he there? Why is he there? What faith tradition does he come out of? It's so weird that it's just some rando that Harry doesn't even recognize, like, conducting Albus fucking Dumbledore's funeral. Yeah, you'd think they could have gotten, like, a name. A little tufty-haired man in plain black robes had got to his feet and stood now in front of Dumbledore's body. Harry could not hear what he was saying. Odd words floated back to them over the hundreds of heads. Nobility of spirit, intellectual contribution, greatness of heart. It did not mean very much. It had little to do with Dumbledore as Harry had known him. He suddenly remembered Dumbledore's idea of a few words. Nitwit, oddment, blubber, and tweak. And again had to suppress a grin. What was the matter with him? Even, it would make more sense if, like... Scrimgeour was like eulogizing him as like the minister of magic, you know, or you'd think there would be like eulogies from people like that or Madame Maxime or. Well, the other thing is. McGonagall. Don't you think wizards would have more. This is such a sort of Western Judeo-Christian funeral setup. But like, but there's no not, religion. But like, not even they don't even say like ashes to ashes. No, I know, but I, it's not literally Christian. Yeah. But there's no. But there's nothing even like there's that. There's no ritual at all. There's just this weird speech by someone no one knows. Like what? Like the is Hogsmeade this? funeral home director or what whatever. What is this whole thing? It's <laughs> who is this guy? And they have like, I just sort of imagined a little more actual pomp yeah kind of i mean i mean the mer people and the 
centaurs they step bring it, up. it. Yeah, they step it up they do some shit and otherwise there's just this weird guy talking should have been the sorting hat oh my god <laughs> oh my god also it's sad that fox isn't there fox just bounced i know but i feel like he would like sing over yeah. dumbledore's grave and they could have propped dumbledore up put the sorting hat on him and the sorting hat could have conducted the funeral like that well, that's Sung a pretty song. macabre. That's an image. Uh, I don't know. Ollivander seems like Ooh, a choice. Ooh, Maybe. Would be good. I don't know. I mean, he's a wand salesman. He's not really. Who? Who is the Hogsmeade Funeral Home Director? I don't know. He's probably got some like wild name, like Jolly Wrinkles Funeral Home or something. He's not an elf. I, you know, they've all. It's like Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Parlor. Florian or Fortescue's Malkin. name isn't. Cone face Mc <laughs> ice cream wizard. I don't. Well, I don't know. I was just trying. I was trying to think of the first whimsical name that popped into my head. And Jolly Wrinkles is where you got. Uh, I, yes. Okay. Well, color me unimpressed. Sorry, I'm not J. <laughs> I am not J.K. Rowling. I just try to dunk on her. She's the one with the actual talent and ideas. It's true. <laughs> she would have come up with an amazing funeral home director name it's maybe true. it's someone on nocturne alley that seems kind of spooky no because the dumbledore's whole thing is the death isn't spooky that's true it's just regular yeah but that's yeah okay never mind i don't know who is this guy they should have called a voldemortician <laughs> <laughs> oh that was a gift they kept on giving i laughed at that twice <laughs> oh gosh i don't know i don't know who this fucking guy is and then it's like the no. fucking end. Over. Yeah. Then it's over. And I, I mean, cool, I guess. It's quest time. It's. Harry's dropping out to uh, not form a startup, but. Is that a Theranos reference? Could have been. I love it. Have you guys to, to destroy read some slash listened to slash watched that shit? Honestly, send us e-owls about your thoughts on Elizabeth Holmes, because that's all <laughs> I think about these days. That and Harry Potter. She would make a horcrux. Oh my god. For sure. What if the Edison is a horcrux? <laughs> it's got blood in it. Ugh. This shit is I mean, honestly, Theranos basically is horcruxes. It's so Voldemort. Except they don't work. The horcru- Fake horcruxes. I guess horcruxes do work. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah, Never they mind. They work great. She's a worse entrepreneur than Lord Voldemort. Far worse. So hot take. Yeah, it's over. I don't really even know. I mean, we've said this before, but it just fucking sucks that it's just never going to be okay for Harry for the rest of his young adult life and a lot of his older fatherhood even. Yeah. He, Harry's uh, so fucked. He drew a tough hand. Yeah. But he plays it well. He doesn't get better. Uh, well, so what did you think of this book? Dude, this the book end of it? fucking ruled. I really liked Half-Blood This Blood book Prince. was so much better than I remembered. Overall, vastly enjoyable. Yeah. Maybe my favorite one. Wow. After three. I think it's replaced five for me. Wow. Five is just so relentless. It's, well, so is. And this one is better paced, I think. Yeah. Seven is also relentless. This is actually a really nice breather between the two. Yeah. This one has some, this one has some humor. This one has some real character development. It's got some fun new friends. Fucking Slughorn is just all freaked out. Slughorn could have done the funeral. We know that he's already done one funeral it's in this It's a skill book. of his. Yeah. It's you know? a particular talent. He can do a funeral for a fucking giant spider. Yeah. 
he could have come sure up shit with some for words for Dumbledore. You know? Yeah, I, I loved this book. I thought this was a blast. It was. And then Snape fucking kills Dumbledore. So it has the biggest, best, most incredible payoff of any piece of literature since, like, I don't know, the Romans killed Jesus. <laughs> wow, that is a hot take. I mean, whatever. What am I here for? The Romans killed Jesus, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So. They do. Okay, so that's not wrong. But you're, like, expecting them to, right? It's not like a twist. Well, you kind of expect Dumbledore to die. You don't expect it to be Okay, it's a twist that Judas turns on Jesus. Maybe not a twist. It feels weird to describe that as a twist. (laughs) It's a twist! It's a book, and that's the twist. (laughs) Fucking twist ending. Judas rats out Jesus. But Judas wasn't secretly working... Never mind. Judas this, is just this a double completely agent. completely breaks down. He's not a multi... No, I'm not saying that there's, like, analogies between... I'm, I'm not saying that there's similarities. I'm just saying, in terms of bang for your buck, Snape kills Dumbledore is pretty good. It's up good. there with the Book of Luke. And up there with the Bible. <laughs> I'm not gonna... <laughs> I'm not going to follow you Follow you here. This is like, no, we're getting way too, this is like sacrilegious, I don't I think. actually believe that. <laughs> but whatever, sacred text kind of does. So listen to those guys. We have now spoiled the Bible. Who's your unsung hero? My unsung hero is Fox for just helping everyone get through this with some magical bird song. I'm kind of upset that he bounces because... It feels like he could have helped out in Deathly Hallows. I mean, he's a flying cheat code, right? But so he's like ceased to give a fox. Dick- yeah. <laughs> no fox given. Why does he leave? Why does he have to leave? Because he's his person is gone. He was tied to Dumbledore. That's his that's where he belongs, and now yeah. he has to go find somewhere else to belong, which is really sad. Go belong with Harry. He's going to need a new bird soon. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so sad and true. <laughs> you know, I guess. Actually, uh, Fox should go with Harry. Yeah. That seems like what Dumbledore would have flown him around. I don't know. But I guess Fox is magical as fuck. So he's probably got his own agenda. I wonder he's if got... he dies. Yeah, I'm sure he bursts into flames. No, but, but I then mean, he comes permanently back. when Dumbledore dies, maybe Fox dies. Maybe their think... souls are twinned in some way. Hmm. Doesn't that seem like a kind of thing she'd do? Yeah, Fox possibly. might be. Fox might have bit it. I don't think so. Who knows where Fox goes? I think. Who gives a fox? <laughs> Sorry. He's probably chilling at some. I don't know at a beach somewhere. Who Who knows, man? He's just like kicking ash and taking names <laughs> somewhere. Extremely good. Uh, my unsung hero is Grop, who has made a truly enormous amount of progress. And who's actually a really good brother to Hagrid in this scene. I know, it's so nice. It's gorgeous. It's such a nice moment. And he's even wearing a suit, which, who made that? props to Hagrid. And probably props to Madame Malkin's robe shop or somebody. No, Hagrid sews. Oh, he does sew. He, like, darns and knits and... (sighs) Hagrid should get a Pinterest. (laughs) Or an Etsy. Yeah, oh, an Etsy. Not a Pinterest. Do you know what Pinterest is for? Just posting things you wish you could make. Yeah, no, he needs an Etsy. Not what you can actually make. For giant suits. Wow, how long did it take me to make that suit? (laughs) So long. My sister could probably give me an estimate. Yeah, or make one. 
a giant suit. Yeah. That's true. She can do anything. She made us a very big Harry Potter blanket. I'm wearing it right now. This week's sponsor is the Hand of Glory. What else can it do? J.K. Rowling will tell us someday. Uh, The audiobook clips that you heard are courtesy of Penguin Random House Audio. They are, for the last time this week, from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Jim Dale's performance. You can find us on social media, at Quibbler Podcast, across the various sites. You can email us, quibblerpodcast at gmail.com. You can find our newsletter at tinyletter.com slash quibblerpodcast. We're going to put it out again soon. It'll be fun. You can subscribe pretty much wherever you get podcasts. We're not on Stitcher, but, you know, we're trying. <laughs> um, if you happen to use Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us there. We read them all and really appreciate them. And look, we're fucking done. So next time we will be doing the movie mini of Half-Blood Prince. And then who the fuck knows? The sky's the limit. We'll see you then. Thanks, amigos. You thought I would not wish to marry him? Or perhaps you hoped, said Fleur, her nostrils flaring. What do I care how he looks? I am good-looking enough for both of us, I think. This is not the moment to discuss it, said Lupin, avoiding everybody's eyes as he looked around distractedly. Dumbledore is dead. Dumbledore would have been happier than anybody to think that there was a little more love in the world. You can love someone deep inside your heart and there is nothing wrong with it. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Anyway, how is your sex life?